So Microsoft just announced that they are acquiring GitHub. I think in general it was, it's very good for our entire space. The fact that there is big business to be made for DevTools is good even if you don't want to go down that path. A lot of people are anti-Microsoft. I think they realize that they basically lost a generation of developers. And also I think there's a new Microsoft. It's not the Microsoft of 20 years ago. So my summary is I think it's really good for the ecosystem. I think it unlocks a lot of money that can get reinvested into new startups. I think it's good for proving the power of developers. Hi, I'm Paul Berger, founder of CircleCI. I'm Edith Harba, CEO and co-founder at LaunchDarkly. And you're listening to To Be Continuous, a podcast about continuous delivery and software development. You can get in touch with us anytime at our Twitter handle, at ContinuousCast. The show is brought to you by HeavyBit. To learn more, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library, home to great educational talks from other developer company founders and industry leaders. Hey, so Paul, mm-hmm. Microsoft just announced that they were acquiring GitHub. Hmm. I did a good uh, tweet storm about this yesterday. Well, way to date the podcast. I know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, You can figure it out. Yesterday. Also, they did it yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the tweet storm is pretty good. So how did you come up with it? I I think that's the way I I come up with all my tweets is that I I look at the comments on Hacker News and I sort of like close the thread angrily at at how stupid all the comments are. And then whatever is still in my head 15 minutes later might get tweeted. (laughs) Well, all right. So anybody can go look up your tweets, but I'll just... uh, do you want to summarize your thoughts around the acquisition? I think in general it was, it's, it's very good for, for our entire space. Like A, a, a lot of people are, are, are anti-Microsoft and, and I'm, I'm not. I think Microsoft is on the right path and is financially incentivized to be, to be good for open source. But also, you know, great exit for DevTools, which people said there's, there was no money in. Great exit for a lot of people at GitHub. So there's going to be a huge crop of, of angel investors in the DevTools space probably in the, in the next couple of years. Just great for everyone. I thought your tweet storm was great, but I'll, I'll summarize a couple things that jumped out for me. Mm-hmm. Just how much bigger it was than other dev tool acquisitions. Yeah, so like seven and a half billion. Billion with a B. Yeah, billion with a B. And a couple of years ago, I saw someone tweeting about you know maybe Atlassian should buy should buy GitHub. And it's like Atlassian couldn't couldn't buy GitHub, couldn't buy the yeah. value. I have some gossip which I will not attribute to anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, so for just some context, uh, GitHub seven point five billion. The next closest acquisitions in the DevTools space had been Heroku for five hundred million. Heroku is two fifty. Two fifty million. Yeah. And oh, you're right. And Xamarin for a half million. Xamarin was around was around five hundred. So there's another one. Um, uh, Trello. Go- oh, Trello. Eh, is Trello in the Dev space? They got acquired by Atlassian. That's oh, true. I mean, I would I would put that in the Dev space. What was that API company that Google sort of reverse acquired? It went public and then Google Apogee. acquired it. Apogee. Yeah. So that was uh, a billion or 600 million or something like that? Yeah. It they, wasn't they, small. They'd already gone public though and then um, they got acquired and MuleSoft just got acquired too. Yeah. Yep. I guess that there's an interesting thing that those are sort of like classically in the enterprise space. Uh-huh. And like the, the other companies that we were talking about, like Xamarin and so on, those are like the bottom up dev tool companies that I think of as more of the, of the dev tool space. That's interesting because I had heard that most of GitHub's revenue came, and I, I heard, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, it's publicly available. Yep. It was all coming from GitHub Enterprise. Well, yes, yes, and, and, and that's, that's not what I mean exactly because I think everyone in, in the DevTools space makes 
like live long enough and you will make all of your money from enterprise. Or die because you won't go there. Or, that or path, die because you don't. Which yeah, which has happened to some friends of ours. Yeah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> you, you know who I'm thinking of. I, I know. I know many people many, who, who this who many, this fits. Many many people who have gone through heavy bit and not turned to the enterprise. Well, I, I wasn't thinking of heavy bit, but just like in in the dev space in particular. You know, you, you get an email from it, from people every now and then saying, oh, you know, we're we're closing down. Do you want to buy us? Yeah. And it's like, oh, it could have. Yeah. I think part of it is, and this is a little bit of a detour, but we'll come back. Mm-hmm. I think some people just basically want to run a foundation, not a startup. Mm-hmm. Like I was using this as an example of um, somebody that does, and I, I don't want to say exactly who they are because I think they're nice people, but mm-hmm. they are doing a large registry project mm-hmm. and they just don't seem to have the fire in the belly to make it to a billion dollar business. I think yeah. they would be quite happy if they had $2 million a year in running a foundation. I think this is one of the problems with startups being so prominent in the software industry in general, because it, it becomes like the cool thing to do. It becomes the way to fund your thing. It becomes the, the way to make money. And there's a lot of people who just who just don't want to do that. They want to make a bootstrap business. They want to make a foundation, especially around the, the open source world. There's a lot of people who like you know want to find a good way to fund open source. Yeah, and, and we talked to um, Nadia. Uh, Nadia about that before. Once you get on the VC train, you're on a train. Yeah, and it is a struggle to get off that train. Yeah, and when you do, it usually ends badly, or ends perhaps not badly, but not well. Yeah, so I mean, just to just to walk through it, like uh, it's considered a huge exit for GitHub and for Andreessen. Yeah, because they put in a hundred million, which is now uh, a billion-ish, I think. Yeah, which yeah. seemed ludicrous, and now gave them a seven x return. Yeah, well, I remember uh, Tom Preston Warner talked at at um, startup school just after this was like 2012, I think, maybe just after. They had raised that. And in the same thing, Spolsky was talking. And one of the points he made is that we don't know how many developers there are. Yeah. And I think he was at the time estimating there's like 20 or, or, or 25 million. Okay, users. not just 25 D- developers in the world. Right, right, right. <laughs> that would be a bit of. Right, but, but uh, you know, a few years beforehand, our, our best estimates were that there were like 8 million developers. And, and Stack Overflow showed us, like, you know, how could there be this many users? Mm-hmm. And what we're seeing, like, GitHub had 29 million registered yeah. users. And you know, not all developers are on GitHub. Yeah. In fact, I, I would say a majority of developers are not on GitHub. Yeah, I think it really shows the power of developers. Um, mm-hmm. So, I think it is very good for startups that are eager to go down that path. The the VC path. Yes. You know, I I, I think it's good for both. Uh, like I, I I think the fact that there is big business to be made for dev tools. Yeah, is good even if you don't want to go down that path. Even even if you want to have a, a small SaaS business, I think the challenge with the SaaS business is things change a lot, and and that can be a struggle for for a SaaS business. But other than that, I think it's good for for VC back businesses as, as well as as bootstrapped. So your first company, Circle, got funded mm-hmm. originally in two thousand two thousand and eleven was our was our first uh, funding. That was like fifty k. And then it was about a year later we we did. A million and a half, and then a year later, we did another six. What was it like to try to go out and raise for a dev tool in 2011? There were believers. There were believers. The believers mostly had been involved with Heroku. Mm. It was mostly like the in in the the heavy bit space. So Michael Deering and Steve Anderson were the big checks in in our thing. SV Angel wrote a big check or a medium check, I guess, uh, big for them, and. Yeah, you know, there was a lot of angels there who who themselves were were developers or, or or had believed in the in the thing, and like they're making money on on the thing. Like Circle goes well, and 
I think that without the first generation of tools, which I think of as, as Heroku and GitHub, yep. having shown a lot of success, and at that point, Heroku had sold and GitHub had raised at, at a billion-ish. Yep. But I think like you know, Stripe was not the crazy whirlwind it became. Nor had like the, the new Relic exit. New, new Relic at the time was 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 not uh, regarded as the success that necessarily became. Twilio hadn't. Uh, what's Twilio's market cap? Six five five fifty billion or five point five billion? Large. Yeah, and like those had not happened. Yeah, I mean, my joke is that uh, heavy bit is the house that Heroku built. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, very much so. I mean, we which we, is where we record from. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I personally owe a lot to Heavyvid. I mean, mm-hmm. oh same, same. Yeah, that's how we got the podcast. That's how mm-hmm. I met you, and it's all because Heroku. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So just think about what sort of things are going to happen now with the GitHub liquidity. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and and the the GitHub thing was thirty times bigger than the yeah than the Heroku exit. Yeah. Yeah. Just massive, massive, massive return for everybody. Um, yeah, right. Or, everyone, everyone involved. Yeah, I reckon the three founders are probably about a billion each. Wow. Yeah. So one of them, it's funny. Tom went to mud with John Kodomo, my co-founder. And me. Mm. Uh, I never met him. Yeah. It's funny how uh, it's a small school, but a lot of comp sci people came out of there. Yeah. Joe Beta also went there. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting with, with GitHub. Like the, it was, it was a bit of a mess on the way. Oh my gosh! And like, like, the, like mess is a very generous. It, it it really is way to describe some of the mm-hmm. stuff that happened there. Yeah, there was the CEO being fired. Yep. Uh, Tom Preston Warner. There was there was you know Chris stepped down uh, about nine months ago. Yep. I'm forgetting some things. Uh, there's there must be more things than that. Those were the two main scandals that I remember. Okay. I guess the other one that the sort of like you know industry back chatter is you know GitHub was was fairly famously flat. In, oh yeah, in the way that like Stripe was, and and you know, we 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 copied them both at Circle, and that that was a huge mistake. And I think that, that everyone who went down that route had a disaster along the way. And in in GitHub's case, I believe they had like you know big layoffs uh, a couple of years ago, as as they like were straightening out the the internal culture. But I, I think I think what it proves is like you know one they they did a a good job for for some like you know financial definition of of, of success in, in in turning it around. Like they were able to to hit the Next inflection points of growth and and all that sort of thing. And I think the other thing is that um, no matter how much of a of a mess your company is, so long as you have like this really amazing product, it it survives. Yeah, I mean, I read a really interesting quote. So part one, I've I've heard through back channels that the reason why the price went so high is there was a bidding war. Interesting. That uh, do do we know who the other? Well, this, were? this is all totally gossip. Yeah, yeah. yeah but um, the suspects were Microsoft, Google, and Atlassian. Atlassian, interesting. And that the bidding started around one and a half billion. Okay. Which was because their last round was around that. Yeah. yeah and they're yeah, just yeah. trying to basically get sold at this point. Because like, and the Ooh. quote, the quote I saw was that. Uh, this is good gossip. Oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah. yeah uh, wow. Uh, well, so what I read it was just like they could not go public. Okay. You know, because they didn't have a CEO, they didn't mm-hmm. have a strong growth story. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, they 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 put themselves up for sale. What really in, inflated the price was just it's like. Yeah, three three buyers. Yeah, and Atlassian just does not have deep enough pockets. No, to seven point five. Atlassian can't put seven. Atlassian's value is fifteen. Yeah, but it came down to Microsoft and Google, and like those are two of the I'm, most deep pocketed people. Yeah, yeah, and like, I mean, I don't I don't know where you get off the bidding train, but I think I could have seen it go higher. Like it it would not have been completely shocking for it to go. Like considering that both of those are are investing in trying to make hundred billion dollar businesses mm-hmm. in. It's not the dev tools, but it's like you know a space that is led by dev tools almost. 
but yeah, seven and a half billion. I mean, it, it seemed on one hand, you know, expensive for for what we know about about uh, GitHub's revenue, but it, you know, for its place in the ecosystem, it, it, it at the same time, it seems like a steal. Yeah, I don't have any insider knowledge. Just what I've read publicly is that the revenue was between one hundred to two hundred million. Uh, yeah, so they they published it, or there was an article that in the last nine months it was, I think, ninety eight. Yeah, so just to get bought at a seventy five x multiple is just yeah, crazy. Yeah. Well, that that was nine months, so it's like one thirty. Yeah, uh, I put it at fifty, but yeah, same. Yeah, same. yeah. It just seems like it was one of those things where yeah. you have two very deep pocketed suitors. Yeah. Well, I mean, Heroku had a similar thing, and I, I don't know if it was bid up, but it was certainly that Salesforce really wanted it, and so it had it had revenues of two million on a on two fifty. Yeah. Uh, or sorry, it sold for two fifty on revenues of of two. Yeah. Well, it yeah. just becomes this thing. It's like if you if you have to have something, what's the right price? Right. Right. Seven point five billion is is that uh, is that a future of launch darkly? <laughs> well, thanks for wearing the shirt today. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> I appreciate Always. it. Always. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I I'm I'm still working through what it means for just the industry. I think I wonder if it might kick off an M and A boom in in the space. I mean, I, I think there's there's been one underway for a while. You know, th- th- this certainly isn't the first purchase of dev tools by in particular by by the big three by by Microsoft and Amazon and. Uh, Google. I think it shows that there's more money at play. Mm-hmm. So Azure, GCP, and AWS, each of them are going to be huge. Like yeah. I would say that, that they can each be a hundred billion revenue businesses. And so when you're playing at that at that stakes, like what what, what yeah. difference does it make? Yeah. And the amount of money that they pay engineers. Yeah. Like you know, mid-level Googlers making six fifty k, let's say. Oh my god! I know. Yeah, I, I'm in the, the CEO thing. I'm in the wrong business. We we chose the path we chose. <laughs> I did. I, and, I don't and regret there, it. For there were reasons second. that we chose those paths, <laughs> and but yeah, like you can go to to one of those, and and like if they're paying a team that's not performing, or you know, suppose they've got a team that's trying to do something and it's not succeeding, and they they're putting you know ten million a year at it, and it's like, well, you know, lo- looking over at your at your startup for for twenty. No big deal. Yeah. So my summary is I think it's really good for the ecosystem. Yep. I think it unlocks a lot of money that can get reinvested into new startups. Yeah. I think it's good for proving the power of developers. Yeah, I think we're probably beyond the point where, where people doubt this. And I, th- I think GitHub is maybe the thing that puts us beyond this. I, I know I know investors have for the most part not raised the shadow of like developers don't pay for tools or, they, or and, they, and it, they did with us. Yeah, but it's it's the ones who don't really know. I think it was also that we were a new category, mm. and we hear this even when we go talk to some potential customers. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Well, why would I pay for that?" Right, right. There's a free or there's an open source thing out there. Yeah, oh. and then the the smart customers like they literally show us their calculations. They're like, mm-hmm. "It would cost us this many sprints and this many developers to build yeah. that. We'd much rather buy just buy your product." Yeah, I probably mentioned this before, but I have an email from from Paul Graham. Saying developers don't pay for dev tools. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, you, and it's like, well, mm, are you going to hit reply today? I think uh, when when Circle is involved in the transaction, then that'll be the day I might I might hit reply on it. <laughs> uh, I remember seeing seeing Paul Graham tweet about GitLab and you know GitLab raised um, twenty thirty million B or something like that, the, and, and this was the, the the thing he responded to. It's like, you know, for you know something of this magnitude in in developer tools. Something big must be happening, and I'm like, yeah, developer tools is happening, <laughs> and, and it's been happening for a while. <laughs> yeah, you didn't you didn't notice, but it's, yeah. developer tools are here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think it's awesome. I mean, I think there's also a lot of interesting corollaries to their acquisition of LinkedIn. 
in in the sense that it's it's the network that they're acquiring. Yeah. Right. The product is like you could build the product. Yeah. Yeah. It is challenging to build the community. Yeah. Oh. Well, what do you think about all the people like jumping ship? Who who jumping ship? Oh, yeah. All, all all the people on Hacker News are tweeting about like moving off GitHub now that the the big beast owns them. I I can see your face. I I, <laughs> I I share the I share your opinion. What is what does my face say? It's a frustration at the people who I guess they're the sort of people who you know won't pay for software. And also, I think um and and it might be biased, but there's a new Microsoft. I I completely agree. Like we we went up to build, we podcasted from there. Mm-hmm. It's not the Microsoft of twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. And not 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 at all. Like we're we're two CEOs since since then. Right? When, when did Bob McMahon? Uh, I don't or remember. Early two thousands. Yeah. But like the the people oh. that I know from Microsoft are so smart and so passionate. Mm-hmm. Like you have like Nat. Yeah. You have Javier. The, the new GitHub CEO. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, let's come back to that. You have like okay. Javier, Javier Soltero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Kevin, who was one of our first guests. Yep, yep. Who was the engineering lead yep. at Accompli. The, the, they're also hiring. Like a lot of people, especially in the in the Linux and the the container space, like like Jess Frizzelli and a lot of uh, sort of well known Linuxers are are working at Microsoft. Yeah, I think people have the image of Microsoft that is is unfounded. Let's be fair; it it was it was accurate at a time. It was accurate at the time, but yeah. I think the the people I know at Microsoft are, are care deeply about software development. Mm-hmm. Like Cindy Alvarez mm-hmm. is such a brilliant, brilliant person. I think the thing about Microsoft is that. It is a big company led by growth, yeah, right? and and they they care about that growth. And in '99, Linux was a threat to that growth, mm. and open source was a threat to that growth. And their response to it was unpleasant. Well, my saying is they try to create a walled garden to keep mm-hmm. all this evil out. Yeah, and I think they realized that they had just basically walled everybody else out. Well, I I, I think they did more than that. I I, I think they. You know, when you look at Bill Gates' comments on on Linux, and a lot of the fud wasn't coined for Microsoft, but it was it was used a lot in the I'm going to call it in the slash dot era. Yeah, it's interesting. So, in full disclosure, LaunchDarkly, my company is a partner with Microsoft, mm-hmm. and uh, they've been a very good partner to us. They came down a heavy bit because they wanted to see what the dev tool companies down here were up to. Yeah, and. They ask people like, "How many Microsoft products do you use? You know, are you using Visual Studio or using?" Yeah, yeah. People are like, "What? You have Dev Tools?" And they're like, "Oh, it's not even that. People dislike our tools. It's that yeah. people don't even realize we exist anymore. Right, 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 right. Like we are irrelevant." Yeah, that's right. And they, they, they were they were long irrelevant. And this is the way that people felt about Azure when it came out. It was like, "Oh, they're making a cloud for some .NET thing, and no one cares about .NET." And uh, you know, obviously, Xamarin, uh, amongst other things, has, has proven that you know there's there's a, a large contingent of people who care about .NET, but not not in the Linux world. Yeah. And so they're you know busy remaking their image around, you know, frankly, where where the money is, uh, because the money is is in Linux and is in in Linux hosting, and no one really cares. Or I mean, you know, there's a lot of large enterprises out there that that build on on Windows, but it's not it's not a big deal. I think what they realized, and again, I'll say Microsoft has been a wonderful partner to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they realized that they basically lost a generation of developers. Completely true. I, I think that that's extremely accurate. I, I think they look at the innovation that happens in like, Ruby, uh, Python. Yeah. Well, like, I, I think we can call it in the open source world. Like, I, th- I think it's it's fair to say that like there's the Microsoft world and, and the open source world, and those are sort of the the two major things. But in the Microsoft world, Microsoft had to had to make the innovation. In 
the open source world that comes from like dozens and dozens of places, and all of our startups are. You know, it's not that we don't have .NET SDKs or, or or that kind of thing, but like we're definitely servicing the the open source part of the world. Yeah, and then um, we had Martin Woodward talk on an episode with us mm-hmm. who was spearheading open source at Microsoft, mm-hmm. and how he's just like, we gotta start innovating again. Yeah, yeah. We, we cannot afford to be, you know. Well, the, I mean, now they're the they're the biggest contributors to software on GitHub. Yeah, it's funny. So I'm having a total flashback. As I said before, LaunchDarkly is a Microsoft partner. Mm-hmm. About a year and a half ago in November, I went to a Microsoft partner event in New York. Mm-hmm. And the two presenters that stuck out on my head were the two non-Microsoft presenters. Okay. Well, one is non. So one was Chris from GitHub. Oh, okay. Came on stage, mm-hmm. and it was like this big reveal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was the, the, the surprise wonderful guest. Yeah. yeah. And I just remember he was like, <gasps> Because it was just like <laughs> it was just you know like such a culture thing of San Francisco open source versus Seattle yeah yeah you know .net and then he, then they flashed up like Microsoft loves open source right yeah yeah and I was there and it was just like this moment mm-hmm. and I also then well, when was that uh, November of 2016 okay and then I remember Nat Friedman getting on stage and giving Nat Friedman always is, gives mm-hmm. a good talk this was before Xamarin uh, got acquired it was right after right after okay. So he was, you know, on his big publicity tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a really good move for him. He's a smart guy. It's a for, huge for not to to CEO GitHub. It's, yeah, it's a promote. I don't know if it's a promotion or lateral or just a lot of pressure. Well, I I think he from Xamarin when he went to Microsoft. I think he he's head of developer services. Is that right? VP of developer services, I want to say. You know, it's funny. So John was meeting with some Microsoft folks, and I tried to describe people's different roles and hierarchies, mm-hmm. and it was a total mess. Yeah, yeah, there's. It's like this interleave of like program management and mm-hmm. VPs. And... Uh, I mean, it's safe to say he was a big deal at, uh, yeah. at Microsoft already. Yeah, like it wasn't an acquisition where where he went and you know sat in the corner. The Wall Street Journal actually did an article about this about how they had this new. Rising crop of talent from acquisitions, mm. and the two people they specifically called out that I remember were Nat and Javier. Mm, right, right, yeah, because because Javier took over basically. I, I want to say all of Outlook, yeah, or all of mobile, one of the two. Yeah, and for the listeners at home, um, Javier Sotera was the co-founder of Accompli, mm-hmm. which was a not a heavy bit company, but sat here. Mm-hmm. So they sold Accompli to Microsoft and became Outlook, the new Outlook mobile. Yeah, what was the price like? Three hundred? I thought it was two hundred. Yeah, something quite high. Yeah, it was as, as for the like they were they were a year old, uh, two, yeah, yeah, if even. But they just said uh, if if you're interested for those listening, you can go and listen to Kevin's podcast with us about their engineering culture, which was yeah, brilliant. Was one of the first ones, I think. Yeah, it was. He was our first guest after Chris Gale. Mm. Okay, so yeah, Nat, Nat is Nat is CEO now yep. of of GitHub. I mean, they've been searching for a CEO since Chris stepped down about nine months ago, and my understanding is that he hasn't been running it day to day. Well, then that who? Someone, uh, that maybe their COO was running it day to day. Yeah. And I... Nat has not taken over yet, but will take over when the transaction closes, which they, I think, does not look like it's going to be a quick transaction. Well, this, that's part of the scuttlebutt I heard is that basically they couldn't go public because they had no CEO. Yeah. Yeah. And they couldn't go public. It would not have been impossible for them to raise more money, but it would yeah. not have been in awesome terms. Yeah, people aren't going to invest in that sort of climate, but like acquiring in that sort of climate is is totally fine because you're gonna you're gonna make a few changes anyway. And the fact that changes are needed makes it easier. Yeah, well, it, I think they sold it precisely the right time, and they could get a bidding yeah. war going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, I mean, some people were speculating before this acquisition happened that they would have to, you know, get sold in a down round for like a half billion. Jesus Christ! I remember when so the 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 day before it was announced, so Sunday night, people well, were, were speculating. Well, I said you don't link. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, we need to and record, and you're like, what? We and we didn't know numbers. Yeah, and. I don't think I'd have guessed seven and a half. Like uh, people oh, were speculating that it was like flat on the last round, which yeah. would have been about two. Flat or down? Yeah, and then it wasn't. Then um, were. Yeah, and I mean, when, once you look at it, it's like it's very obvious in retrospect that the number makes sense. But yeah. at the time, I was certainly like, yeah, I, this this could go either way. I didn't I didn't know if it was like a fire sale, if it was fine, if it was amazing. It could have been. It could have been any of the three. Yeah. So. This is also public knowledge. So at last seen about four weeks ago announced that they were taking out a billion dollar line of credit. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. So there was a lot of chatter about mm, what are they doing it for? Well, because they you know, they're they took out a billion dollar line of credit just basically yeah. as a war chest. I wonder if they were already in, in talks. That's the reasoning is that Do you think Atlassian kicked it all off and then and then GitHub got some more bidders? I don't know if they kicked it all off, but the chatter that I heard. Yeah. Was well. What do they need this billion dollars for? Mm-hmm. What are they going to use it for now? They they could buy launch darkly <laughs> and a Circle CI too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean a, a billion buys a lot of things. <laughs> so what do you think it means to the employees at GitHub? I, I saw Zach Holman tweeting today. Uh, who's one of the early GitHub and like he, they they didn't know. But um, he left a while ago. He, he left a while ago, but presumably he bought his shares. Oh, I I meant for the current. Oh, the current employees. I mean, you know, two year earnout. Microsoft salaries, you know, the salary doubles and uh, and a nice check to kick it off. And yeah, if you're if you're current and in a valued role, you're uh, suddenly quite wealthy in in San Francisco. Not very wealthy because it's San Francisco, but like you're you're doing okay. So another unattributable rumor I heard mm-hmm. was that the person who led the acquisition. Mm-hmm. They got their bonuses based on retention of the company they acquired. Yeah, that's that's a good way of doing it. So they have every incentive yeah. to make the that team extremely happy. I mean, once the, once the founders make their you know billion each, like it's, it's a bit more money to the founders doesn't make more sense. Yeah, like what's, right, what, what, like, what, what's the difference between five hundred million and a billion? Jesus. No, I mean it's 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 it's, it's nothing. Like it's it's irrelevant. Whereas you, you you put that into the employees and how many employees does GitHub have? Um, I'm guessing a thousand. I don't something know. like that. Yeah, uh, a billion does does a lot around there, and you know obviously there's there's you know, people who've been there longer and shorter and so on. But the the seven point five billion typically includes the retention, right? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm sure they they got a healthy chunk of it. Yeah, I mean that's just a mass. I mean my mind boggles. I mean so Tripit, my former company, mm-hmm. I wasn't a founder, but I was early. We got acquired for 120 million. Mm-hmm. Which was considered big. Holy shit! I didn't know you were rich, Edith. <laughs> I was employed like twenty three. <laughs> I, I made enough that I could start launch darkly, but not enough to like, I don't know, jet off to a Caribbean island in a mm. private plane. I started dark on my credit card. <laughs> I guess we're going to talk about that that next episode. But the uh, not much money after after I left Circle. I certainly haven't sold anything. So the you know starting it off. Was done on the credit card. Fortunately, once once you've you know, had one company go well, it's it's easy to raise. Yeah, uh, but there was a, I was I was near my limit. A final story to end the episode. Um, so I wasn't a founder at Trip, and I was employee. They were selling to consumers. I was brought in as a product person selling to businesses. So I met 
a guy at an event, and he said, you know, do you feel bad that you didn't make more money off of it? And I was like, no, the founders took all the early risk. Like, I was, I was an employee. But it, it gave me so much to be part of that transaction because I had the money I could live off of, and then also the early TripIt founders and uh, people who'd made money could put into LaunchDarkly. So our first angels were our VP marketing, our VP products, right, right, our right. VP biz dev, who all had the money to put in. Well, it's interesting. A, a, a similar thing happened at uh, at GitHub. So, like uh, Tom Preston Warner had made money at PowerSet, which had been uh, you know acquired Bing. a couple. Of, it was it was a big acquisition. Bing, and, and Bing acquired by Microsoft. Oh, PowerSet is now Bing. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Everything uh, comes in a circle. It, it really does. <laughs> but like you know, he he had the money to to start GitHub and and to for GitHub to be to be bootstrapped and so on as a as a result of that. Yeah. People say that's one of the issues with the Seattle ecosystem is that there's not enough acquisitions. I mean, I, I think that's true everywhere that's not Silicon Valley. Well, any final thoughts on the Microsoft acquisition? I think in general, it's going to be good for GitHub. It's going to be good for, for open source. It's going to be good for the, for the space. It's definitely going to be good for the employees. I think it's good for Microsoft. Yeah. Oh, fabulously so. Thanks for listening to this episode of To Be Continuous, brought to you by Heavybit and hosted by me, Paul Bigger of CircleCI, and Edith Harbaugh of LaunchDarkly. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. While you're there, check out their library, home to great educational talks from other developer company founders and industry leaders. Thank you.